It's so great to be here, see your faces, and uh, a sabbatical. Uh, once every seven years, a uh, time to refresh and find restoration and energy and study. Um, a number of different people said things like, enjoy your vacation. Uh, we really didn't think about it like vacation. It was a... Uh, it's a really special time uh, to have a chance to be restored. Uh, I became pastor here July 26, 2006. And on that day, uh, one of the first sermon I was here, I said, um, when you kind of look at what is happening uh, here, um, I look at this church at that time, and I said, you really didn't need me. You know, this is such a, a good church with lots of great people that there were a lot of people that could pastor this church. And maybe I could say that I, I did say I didn't really need you. Uh, I was in North Carolina and doing fine. And uh, now I was moving to Illinois. Uh, but what I realized is that God wanted us together. Uh, God brought us together for this 14 years and seven months now um, when uh, my friend Dale Schaefer uh, who was uh, on staff here and the original pastor at Bridgeway Community Church, was moving to Oregon. Uh, I had him over here, and we prayed together about what he was doing, and he's just getting ready to leave, and we're standing in that little hallway out there, and he said, uh, I hope I can find what you have with Pekin. He said it was like a perfect match, uh, and I'm so grateful. He, his comment was, it was like a hand fit in a glove. I love that. I'm glad he said that that day. I am so grateful for 14 years, and I really appreciate uh, our church board making it possible, uh, our district superintendent and his support of, of this sabbatical. You know, the word sabbatical comes from Sabbath. Uh, you hear it in there. And so... Um, you know, I began to pray uh, weeks ahead of time what this was going to be like. I just couldn't imagine being gone for 60 days uh, and how that was all going to work out. Um, you know, the planning and just, I mean, even how do you eat for 60 days without being at home and all that, you know. So uh, we were thinking about all that. So just as we left, it was Christmas Eve day, and uh, we, we left our house. We were loaded. Uh, I mean, really loaded, like you got to take stuff for all that time. It's tough. So we got on 155, and we're making our way out. And I said, let's, um, let's pray. You drive, and I'll pray. And so we, uh, we prayed together, began to ask God uh, to help us. And somewhere in the midst of that prayer, I said, you know, Lord, I think this should be, like sabbatical should be Sabbath every day. You know, God calls us to have Sabbath every week to make sure that we're staying focused on him. That's why we come to church on a day like today. And sometimes Sabbath is not church day. Sometimes it's gotta be some other, uh, some other time. But I just wanna tell you that I've been having Sabbath every day. Uh, and uh, one of the first persons I saw the other day when I got back uh, out in town, uh, she recognized me and you know we had this moment. And, uh, and then she said, are you going to have slides? Well, Kim had asked me about that, and I had wondered about it. And so uh, when she said that, I thought, I mean, it's the first thing she said to me. You're going to have slides? 
I thought, okay, so we got slides. What are you? So, uh, welcome to your living room, and here we go with slides. Okay, the slides are designed to kind of show you some priorities of sabbatical. Uh, one was our family. Uh, we took time with the family on the front end and the back end with our kids. Uh, we uh, spent time with all of them. We had a, a bunch of days with our grandchildren. Whoop, that was that was really great. Um, so we celebrated with them. Uh, we went. Uh, one of the first things we did was went to the zoo in Nashville. It was uh, Allie's birthday. It was her third birthday. Uh, so that was exciting. So uh, such a great part of the of the whole sabbatical was time with with family and being together with them. Um, the next great part was beaches. So uh, we spent almost 30 days at this place. This was a house that one of Kim's family members had, and they were so kind to us and let us just stay here. Um, you know, the um, out one side, I could stand in the building, and on one side, I could see what they call the intercoastal waterway. You know, the, so in this little place was an island. You see water this way, and then I turn around, and I see this. Uh, pretty awesome. Um, we, uh, we visited some 10 different beaches, uh, lots of time together on the beach. Like, uh, isn't she great? <laughs> I love her so much, and we just, our marriage is so much better. Uh, her One of her main goals was to walk on the beach a couple times a day, even if it was 40 and windy. That's cold on the beach. Uh, but she bundled up like she was in Pekin and went out, and she picked up shells everywhere. Uh, she uh, called them ocean treasures. These are some of the people that um, live there that made it possible for us to, to be able to stay there. So that was really a, a remarkable time. Uh, with them. Uh, the food. I missed some food in North Carolina that I wasn't getting in Illinois. Uh, this is cold, cold boiled shrimp. Oh, it's delicious. You're going to be hungry when you leave here. Uh, we stayed at Myrtle Beach on this place that, we, that was um, made available to us. I'm standing on the 21st floor on, the, on my right corner right there. Uh, that was incredible. Uh, such, a, such an incredible opportunity to stay there. Uh, this is the beach we were on uh, while we were there. So we had such fun uh, doing that. She picked up more shells. Uh, come by the house if you want a tour of the shells. Uh, I, think we, I think we had to get another suitcase to get, to get all that home. Uh, that was there. She was, she was great with it. Uh, we had a bunch of early morning sunrises and sunsets. This was a sunrise and this was a sunset uh, that we saw. And um, we had many of those, lots of pictures of, of those moments. This is a pier that we walked to that was near um, where we were staying, uh, where that beach house was. Uh, then Kim got an email. Our trip to Holy Land was postponed. And so Kim got a text while we were there, an email, that we were invited to go to the set of The Chosen and to be there. So we dressed like that. This is the producer of the show. She has had a connection with him. This was like one of the highlights of her life. I mean, I was happy to go, but man, for her, this was just a fantastic thing. Uh, we got to know so many people. They did concerts while we were out at this set. That's Phil Wickham. Uh, also, we had some others out there. Everybody was dressed just like that. It looked like right out of the Passion Play, and except there was like 2,000, 2,500 of us uh, walking along there. You can see that was, there's the crowd 
uh, that they took a photo with kind of with a drone there. And then as we all kind of made our way to the, uh, the site where they did the, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so it was really fantastic. We did that in Dallas. Um, so uh, we had all kind of numbers. We were gone for 60 days. Uh, we had uh, slept in uh, 10 different beds, uh, 59 days between my bed. Uh, that's a long time. Uh, lots of different beaches. We traveled, including the flights, 5,000 miles plus. Uh, so it was an incredible trip. So thank you. Thank you so much for your support and care. And uh, all of you have prayed and been so supportive of us. And it was everything that we hoped it, it could possibly be. And I am, um, man, I'm doing good. <laughs> if you're not doing good after sabbatical, something's wrong with you. So I want to talk to you about um, things that the Lord's been talking to me about. I'm not intending to unload the whole dump truck today, so you'll get me over the next little while. Uh, I'm going to talk to you over the next three or four weeks about a bunch of different topics. Um, then we're going to celebrate Easter together. And then after Easter, we're going to be in the book of Acts. Uh, that was one of my study topics was Acts. Uh, read it multiple times. A lot of great study. I cannot wait. I had trouble not preaching Acts this morning because uh, it's so much on my heart. But there were uh, topics and things that God has laid on my heart uh, that, I, that I want us to talk about, to think about. Uh, like, uh, where is our church and what are we doing? You know, one of the things I talked about with the staff is that, um, like, who comes here? You know, it's a little hard to tell, isn't it? Don't you feel that? You know, we have, we have great preaching. Um, you know, I loved all the preaching, that, you know, but in content, but man, I miss the people. I miss the interaction there. I miss the community. And so um, I've been working on that. So in these first hundred days that I'm going to be, by the way, what I really feel like telling you is, good morning, I'm your new pastor. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, I want us to get back to where we need to be. I want us to move forward. And so I've um, been thinking a lot about that. So in these next hundred days or so, that'll take us through the end of May, just thinking about where are we, what's happening, how are we moving forward, and then looking into, uh, into this new year. Uh, and one of the things I felt like God was asking of me, willing to offer and offering to us was a fresh start. A fresh start. I needed it. You need it. We need it, right? Shaking off the, the rust and the stuff hanging on us and moving forward. Could, could we receive that? Could we receive what he offers to us? See, when you look at what God tells us um, to do whenever we receive a fresh start. See, the Old Testament, the New Testament in the Bible is filled with examples where God saw people in their struggles, in their need, in their worry, in their depression, whatever it might be, and he offered people a fresh start because God is the God of second chances, amen? He is the God of new beginnings, the God of starting over, the God of beginning again. He's the God who specializes in giving people fresh starts. That is our God. 
Can I say some of that again? He's the God of new beginnings. He's the God of starting over. He's the God of beginning again. He's the God who specializes in giving you and me and us, his people, fresh starts. That's our God. Now, when you look at this theme, this idea in scripture, the theme of fresh starts, I particularly like the message translation because when, when the Bible translates this particular idea, most of the time it's the phrase made new, made new. That's a great phrase. But when the message translates made new, every time it calls it fresh start. So let me give you some examples. Uh, here's the first one. Uh, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 6. It's my new favorite verse. <laughs> Zechariah 10, 6 from the message. God says, I'll save the people of Joseph. Now, just remind you what that is. The people of Joseph were the people of God. Joseph was one of the forefathers of faith. Uh, he is, his story is told in Genesis 37 through 50, and it's a difficult time. If you know Joseph's story, everything didn't go great for him. Then it became a time of famine for the people, and God gave them a fresh start. So he says to the people of Joseph, to the people of God, I know their pain and I'll make them as good as new. They'll get a fresh start. Would you say fresh start? Fresh start. They'll get a fresh start as if nothing ever happened. Why? Because I am their God and I'll do what needs to be done for them. What a verse. What an incredible, are you glad that God knows enough about you and cares enough about you that he is with you in every step of the way and wants to give you a fresh start? You know, he's felt everything that you felt through the past year with COVID-19 and everything else that's been going on. And are you glad that no matter what happens in your life, he can make everything as good as new? And are you glad that God says, I'll do what needs to be done to give you a fresh start? I mean, you can almost count the number of times in the Bible that God gave his people, Israel, a fresh start after they messed up. He is offering us a fresh start. Are we willing to receive it? Let me, get, let me give you another example. Hosea um, 14.5. It says, God says, I will make a fresh start. Will you say that again? Fresh start. I will make a fresh start with Israel. They will burst into bloom like crocus in spring. Crocus is a colorful, bold, iris-type flower that is colorful with purple and yellow. And he says that after a season of cold and darkness and isolation, that there's going to be the blossoming of these beautiful flowers. And he's saying he's going to blossom you with new beauty and with spring flowers. That's what I'm praying for for the spring, are you? As we get to an end of COVID-19, hopefully, and maybe you're thinking, well, that was great for the people of God back then, but what about me? Well, Psalm 145 says... God gives a hand to those who are down on their luck. And he gives a fresh start to those 
who are ready to quit. You ever felt like quitting? Felt like quitting during some of this time? Felt like throwing in the towel? Then you picked a great day to come to church at PFN or to watch online because that's what we're talking about. It is always too soon to quit when you have God. Always too soon to quit uh, with him. So how do we get this fresh start? Um, Here's some straightforward kind of simple steps that he's been working on me about uh, and for you and for our church. Number one, number one, a step is have a fresh start by dealing with my excuses. I thought he would start with something a little nicer to me, but he didn't. Uh, So I'm not starting with you. Stop making excuses for not moving forward, for not growing, for not being all that God wants you to be. You, You ever been around somebody who makes excuses for everything? Don't, don't nudge them. Um, you probably noticed that people who are good at making excuses rarely get anything good done. You know, the biggest barrier to our success many times is our own excuses, a big barrier. So I'll give you a few. Uh, here's a few just kind of common um, responses that are excuses. Uh, you heard these because you probably used uh, every one of them. Uh, One excuse is, well, I don't know what the future holds. Well, you don't. None of us know what the future holds, but you're going, uh, you're never going to know what the future holds. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. I think the Bible has common sense for us. So the first thing you do, if you want to step Uh, a fresh start, is to stop waiting around for perfect conditions. You know, things are never going to get perfect. They weren't before either. It already was an imperfect world around us. It won't get perfect all of a sudden. I have to figure out how to be what God wants me to be, what he wants you to be in an imperfect situation. Now, Here's the answer to our security about insecurity about that is that we are not in this by ourselves. God says, I'm with you. I'm going to be with you and I'm going to walk with you. And that means that you can rely on my power. You can rely on my presence. You can rely on my promises. You can rely on my protection. You know, there's nothing to worry about when you have God in your life and on your side. He wants us to lay down that excuse. I don't I don't know what the future holds. And number two, number two, second one is there are so many things out of my control. Well, duh. Of course, there are things that you can't control. In fact, most of the things in your life are beyond your control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. You can't control other people, even though you probably try. You can't control how long this pandemic will last and a million other factors. And what's worse, and I really hate to tell you this, you were never able to control them and you never will. The vaccine is not going to automatically make you in control again. (laughs) Will not be in control. You have to live your life for God and do whatever he's called you to do in the middle of uncontrollable circumstances and problems. I have to live in the midst of that. So what do you do? What, what can you do? You know, I, I think you have to control the controllable. What are the controllables in your life? You, know, you control the controllables and then you trust God for the rest. So what can we control? Well, about the only thing I can control, I can't control my attitude. 
I can do something about that. I can control my reactions. Uh, You can control how much you choose to trust God. And you can control somewhat what comes out of your mouth. Those are choices that we can make. There are things that we can make choices about. You know, over the past year, I talked to a lot of different people, people that, um, whether it was people I encountered online or uh, in the community or people that uh, I contacted about church, I noticed there were a lot of people that had been living in limbo. They doing nothing. They're just waiting. I talked to this one couple that, they didn't go here, but they used to go to church every Sunday. I said, when, uh, when's the last time you've been to church? Uh, they said March, and then gave me a date. Uh, I said, what about like online? Are you watching on? Oh, no, we just kind of decided we'd give it all up till everything got back to, to some kind of normal. That is not smart. You know, we need community. We need each other. It's, it's not that we need sermons every week. That, that, those are helpful, but we need people in our life, people that care about us, connected to the church. Isn't that what we've missed the most? We missed this connection with people that, that love us and know us and pray for us. Um, they said, well, we, we just can't do the TV thing. We just can't. Uh, I just want to tell you, we, our goal My goal is not to get everybody back in this room. Our goal is to have a relationship with Jesus. Our goal is to be in the word of God and be growing in him. Our goal is to grow and disciple our children and our families and the people around us. Proverbs 24, 10 says, don't give up and act helpless in times of trouble. Don't give up and act helpless in times of trouble. You might need to circle that one on your outline there. Um, During times of difficulty, have we stopped trying? Are we reaching out to people around us? Are we caring about those who are in need? Are we growing together in him? I know it's harder. I know it's difficult. But knowing together that we're not just waiting around just in the midst of trouble. You know, if you give up on the church... If people give up on God every time some trouble comes along, there's going to be more trouble than a pandemic. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be need. And we are called to be strong in the midst of that. We are not just complaining about what is happening. We are asking God to encourage us, to challenge us, to be helpful, to be the church that he has called us to be. I know that's what he is saying so profoundly uh, to me, recognizing his work uh, in us. So there are a lot of things out of my control. One last excuse he's talked to me about is uh, the excuse that says, I have failed in the past. Yeah, well, welcome to the human race, right? We've all failed. Uh, You are a product. Hear me now. You are a product of your past but you are not a prisoner to your past. Glory to God. Oh, man. Rewind. You are a product of your past, but you are not a prisoner of your past. You are shaped by your past, but you're not a prisoner to those things. You have choices. You have a God who is walking with you. He is with you and wants to help you overcome the paralysis of bondage to the past. Now, I know without a doubt you watching, you here in this room, that other people have hurt you, other people have harmed you, problems that you've had. Maybe other people have even scarred you, but nobody can ruin your life. 
It becomes water under the bridge. It doesn't have to control you anymore. And by the way, do you know that God is way more interested in your future than he is your past? Listen to this, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The Lord says this, do not cling to the events of the past. Do not dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing that I am doing. Just look and you can see it starting now. That's quite a word. So let's put that on the bathroom mirror. How about that? Don't cling to the events of the past. Don't dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's happening already. He is working in us. You can, you can say, well, okay, what about my failures in my past? God says, you know, admit, admit mistakes, confess our sins, and move on. Proverbs 28, 13 says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Fresh start. Fresh start is dealing with my excuses. Number two, have a fresh start by realizing my resources. Realizing my resources. You know, that's a a second step for us. It's like taking inventory of who I am and what God has given to me. Uh, You know, I'm... For me, it was just uh, like making a list, personal inventory. So how, how, how do I do that? Uh, I asked myself a couple of questions where I really felt like the Spirit was asking me these questions. He asked me, uh, what are my resources? What are the assets that he has given to me? Uh, you know, when you look at your life, God has given you a certain shape, I don't mean that physically just. I'm talking about the shape of of your heart and your passions, your personality, your experiences, the people that God has put into your life. You have physical assets. You have mental assets. You have educational assets. You have financial assets. And of course, the number one asset you have is that you are a child of God. Colossians 2.10 says in the Living Bible, you have everything when you have Christ. Wow, you have everything when you have Christ and you're filled with God through your union with Christ. He's the highest ruler with authority over every other power. What a resource he is. What are your resources? Are you taking advantage of your relationship with God and the power and anointing and the desires that he has for you? Um, He wants you not to be paralyzed, not be in bondage, but... Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. He can get you out. He has everything you need for a fresh start. Amen. He not only asks what our resources are, but what, what have I learned? What am I putting into practice? You know, go back and look at what have you learned over this last year? What have you learned about yourself? Um, sitting down and maybe writing down some of those lessons about your life or about yourself or about family or about God. Uh, Looking at those lessons, Galatians 3, 4 says, have you experienced so many things for nothing? Another translation says, were all those experiences wasted? Surely it was not in vain, was it? It's like he's saying, I hope not. Don't waste those experiences. You want to especially pay attention to the painful struggles that you've been through because God never wastes a hurt. 
Don't waste the pain. Don't waste the hurt. Don't just be feeling pitiful for yourself. Things aren't going the way that you want them to, but instead learn from the pain. Stop rehearsing it. Stop regretting it. Stop, start learning from them. Why? Because when we have failures, those are things that we can learn from. You know, whenever you have a mistake, whenever something's not going well, instead of calling it a failure, call it an education. Some people in this room are pretty highly educated, right? You can review it and learn from it. Learning from the Bible teaching that you're gaining in whatever setting that you're in, a class or uh, online or through the scriptures that we're studying together. What are my resources? What have I learned looking around at what God has already given you? Now, the, th the third biblical step toward the fresh start is reinforcing refocusing my mind, refocusing my mind. If I, if I want a fresh start in light, I have to do at least two things. And these first two things we've talked about and now refocusing my mind. If you want to change your life, the best way to do it is to change the way you think, change how you're thinking. Changing your thoughts is the key to a fresh start. Because if you keep thinking about the same stuff in the same way, you're not listening to what God is bringing about. You know, if you want your marriage to be better, Change how you're thinking about it. If you, wanna, if you want some circumstance to be different in your life, change your thinking. I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, I'm trying to change them. That's not how it works. You got to let God change you. And when he changes you, you can have a fresh start. Let me show you some verses. Ephesians 4.23, the Amplified Bible says, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's what he's talking about, the changing of your mind, changing the way you think. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental attitude and a fresh spiritual attitude. It works, doesn't it, Irene? It works. It's, a, it's part of um, giving this freshness, a renewed mind. A renewed mind means that you have fresh thoughts, fresh attitudes. Um, you know, some of my attitudes stink. So do yours. So how do, I, how do I refocus? How do I be honest about what's going on inside of me and be able to refocus? Um, you know, how do you do that? Well, that, that's probably a whole other sermon, but I can give you a couple of tips. Uh, number one, listen more to God's word than the world. Listen more to God's word than the world. That's one of the ways to renew your mind is that you're, giving, you're getting new thoughts in your mind through God's word that allows you to be able to refocus. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Happy are those who are always meditating on God's word. They're like trees along the river that do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. When Kim was talking about mornings, noon, afternoon, evening, uh, I heard Irene behind me. She said, all of them. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so true. Being in God's word, allowing myself to be renewed in him. Uh, would you like to, uh, for all that to be true for you for the coming year? Meditating on God's word every day, thinking about God's word. And then the second tip, think about what I think about. You say, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? Think about what you think about. I'm saying when, when you think about what you are thinking, you don't automatically accept every thought that you have. You, you challenge them. Do you know that everything you think is not true? Well, somebody just went, oh. 
It's true. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. When you have a thought, you challenge it. You think about what you're thinking about and you go, do I, do I want to be thinking about this? When you have a thought, you ask yourself, is this really true? Is this helpful? Is this going to, how's this going to impact others? Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how much that question has changed my life. When you think about what you're thinking about before you let it settle in and believe it or before you start spouting out uh, things that have just come into your brain, is it really true? Will it change your life? Is it really helpful? Is it going to make a difference in the lives of others? Uh, There's one other question. Is this helpful? Do, Do I want this thought and do I want to feel what these thoughts are causing me to feel. You know, all your feelings are caused by your thoughts. If you don't like what you're feeling, change the way that you're thinking. If you don't want to, to still be stuck in this spot, change your thinking. Do, about, do a replacement of these, these things that you're thinking about. Think about what I think about. Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So finally, last step, uh, having a fresh start. We get a fresh start by trusting that God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Trust that God knows what he's doing. You don't have to know what he's doing, but you can trust God that he knows what he's doing. He's a good God. You see, when he's When God is working in your life and he's preparing you for a fresh start, you often may not know what he is up to. You you can't see it all. You may not understand it, but he is up to good. You can see what he's doing in some cases, but many times you can't, but God has a plan. God has an intention. God has a desire for your life, and it's always good, and you can trust him. Trust that God knows what he's doing, even when you don't understand why things are happening the way that they are. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 4610. One morning, I know exactly when it was, it was Monday morning, January 25th, um, the day before, uh, I had been listening to the church service and Pastor Irene was preaching and she tore me up. I was in a room by myself, Kim was downstairs, she, we were both watching the service but we were just doing it personally. Um, Next morning, I was still thinking about all that. I'd been on my knees, um, just praying, and the Spirit of the Lord began to, to show me that I had a lot of stuff hanging on me. You ever notice the stuff we have hanging on us? You know, it's, it's stuff like grief and worry and future and old wounds and things, and they, they sometimes, if you, if you really pay attention, they just feel like they're weighting you down. You're, you're carrying these things around. And the Spirit said, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give me that? I can give you a fresh start with that. How, how about that one over there? Man, that's, that's been hanging on you for quite a while, I noticed. And the devil keeps bringing, up, bringing it up and trying to deceive you with it. How about a fresh start? So one by one, you know, I feel, I feel lighter today. I feel lighter because of the opportunity for this things that are so weighty, given a fresh start. Hebrews 12, 
1 through 3, 12, 1 through 3. He says, do, do you see? Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get with it. Strip down. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline in your souls. That's a fresh start. Man, adrenaline in your soul. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. When anyone becomes united to Christ, he becomes a new person inside. That's a fresh start. He becomes a new person inside. You're not the same anymore. You're not the same woman. You're not the same man. He's not the same anymore. Old life is gone and a fresh new life has begun. I said it at the start and I'll say it again. God specializes in new beginnings and fresh starts. And you can have one today if you begin by taking these steps. So how do you get started? Number one, I will allow God to change me and give me a fresh start. It's it's some of the responses there on your notes and on the communication card. He does not force. He does not twist you into submission. He waits for you. If you don't want him, he will leave you alone. But if you're willing, if you open yourself and allow him to step in, he meets you right where you are and offers you a fresh start. Secondly, we can focus on generosity, others, and reconnecting. We're not alone. We need each other. You know, it's so important that we are generous. You know, we have multiple ways for you to give to support the church. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving and serving. You know, we're at the end of a, a church year, and so today's kind of a big day for us. So uh, just ask you to, to bless God through the offering. Generous in God's work. Care for others. Um, there's so many people hurting around us, people that need, need community. Uh, yesterday, I, I sent out a lot of text connecting to people. Do you know I had over 125 people write me back? You know, and usually they would say something like, uh, welcome home. And then they were sharing burdens, sharing needs that they have. I mean, if you're sitting in the room today, if you wrote me, I wrote you back, right? We, we need to connect. We need to pray together. As a matter of fact, I had one woman here this morning say, I heard you sent my friends a text, but you didn't send me one. 
well, I cannot fix all the technology. Um, it told me that of like the 500 and something texts I sent, like 75 did not get delivered. So I am sorry, but I could not fix that. So here's my answer. Uh, I think we need to reconnect. That's, that's one of the things in these first 100 days that I'm working to do. Who's coming to church here? What are the needs? What do we need to be praying about? How can I uh, support you? How can our team uh, support you? So uh, I'm inviting you to text me. On, on the outline, I wrote my, my cell phone number. My staff is like, Pastor. But you can, you can text me one of two ways. Uh, yesterday, I used the church text line that I have. Uh, that's one of the phone numbers there, 346-3053. Or you can text my personal line. What I'm asking you to do is just let's, let's get connected. Let's get back together again. Because uh, if you write me, I'll write you back. Uh, that we can, we can pray for each other and support each other. So I got, man, I got prayer requests like crazy yesterday. But I'm so excited to know where my friends are. That's what we're, we're doing, praying for a fresh start. Uh, praying for a fresh start for me and for our church. Um, I think that's God, what God is going to give us, um, that we can move beyond the weather, move beyond COVID. And, let, you know, our job here is not just be happy about whatever. Our job here is to lead people to Christ. Our job here is disciple and to grow and learn together and to be the believers that God wants us to be out in the world around us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray in just a moment, but I wanted you at home or you in this room, if, if you'd just like to respond and be able to say, that, that's really what I need. I need a fresh start. I got this stuff hanging on me that I need to, I need to get fixed. You know, just... You're not going to get a fresh start just by being in church today, but you can make a decision today to allow him to begin to do something fresh and new in your life. If that's your prayer, if that's kind of how you responded, if you're at home there, I'm just inviting you, just stand up where you are. That, that's your prayer for today. I'm praying for a fresh start, Pastor. I relate to what, what we're talking about today. Just stand up where you are. standing up at home, slide yourself off the couch, get out of the chair, tell God you need a fresh start. We're going to pray together for that. If uh, all of you in this room, if you just stand and join us for the prayer, I invite you to stand as well. Jesus, what, what it feels like is a big ask. I, I would have I told you before I left that I was doing all right. And I appreciated the time, but I realized I needed a fresh start. I needed you to help me to see many of the things that are hanging on me or were. Lord, I pray for my friends today online and in this room. Lord, I pray for all of those that are so hungry, so longing for a fresh touch of God. The devil's had a heyday. The world around us has made it so difficult. But today, we allow you to give us a fresh start. 
And that verse from Zechariah said, you will do what needs to be done to accomplish it in us. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And I don't have to come up with the plan. I don't have to figure it out. I just have to be willing to be in your presence and to walk with you and to let you bring about a restoring, a fresh start. Oh, grant it, Lord. Grant it to us, Jesus. Give us that which is going to make us new and refreshed and rejuvenated. And Lord, I not only pray that individually for every one of my friends, but I pray that, Lord, for the church. Lord, in these coming days, pour out your spirit on the church. Not just this church, but everywhere where you are being exalted, Lord. Help us to realize that you have resources for us and that you will give us the fresh start that we need. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, and we receive it and thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, amen, amen.